But you know, it was it was good to have Pastor Joseph here last week to come and bring a word. Uh, it, Becky kind of knows and she understands when you're running the sound, when you're running the cameras, it, you're paying attention, but it's, it, your attention is divided. And so with that attention being divided, uh, as always, I took yesterday as an opportunity while I cut my grass to go back and to listen to the message. And such a very insightful and a very vibrant message that he brought. The, the challenge of understanding of why Jesus came. And Jesus came to change, to change the verdict over our life. Because as we continue to read in John chapter 3, it said that the world... He said, I didn't come to judge the world because the world's already judged. The world already has a judgment on them. But what happens is when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that verdict changes in our life. And as long as we walk hand in hand with him, just as we saw in Mark chapter 10 this morning with the young rich ruler, then we can then inherit eternal life. But it's not until we're at the point where we give it all up. And so I just kind of wanted to touch base on that for just a few moments. Just such a, if you get a chance, go back, listen to it. Uh, Mom, if you're here and you ever want to see it again, we can throw it up on the screen. And, and you know, we're on YouTube. We have our own podcast. So, so all, all of these are accessible, uh, accessible. And I, and I think Pastor Joseph's video was already, you know, when I looked at it yesterday, it had about 20 views on it. That might not sound like a lot, but on the same references, we don't know whose lives these are touching. Now, when I look on the podcast and I got people in Arizona listening to the podcast, I got people in Florida listening to the podcast, people in Indiana. I've even had people in the Philippines and India listening to our podcast this month, and I don't know anybody there. So, so the references is, is, is God knows, and God knows how to reach out to people. So, so I, I just kind of wanted to share that with you just for a, a few moments. But this month we're moving, we're moving into a new series, and and I look back over my notes. I look back, you know, those that have an Apple phone or, or Apple products, you know that you have a note application on here. So I'm I'm often telling Siri to make a note. I'm hoping she wouldn't respond because now you don't have to say, hey, Siri, no more it, with the new update. Anyways, long story short. So while I'm driving down the road, I'm, I'm telling her to make a note. I'm like, hey, new series called such and such. And I see she's listening right now. Nosy tail. <laughs> but as I look back over my notes, God gave me this 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 back at about mid about mid august he, he gave me this and he spoke to me about a process he spoke to me about a process and and we're going to begin to talk about a process from being planted and moving up and to the point to what we are producing what god has called us for and i sat back and i'm like lord it's like every series every series we're choosing a different topic, but it's still related to the same things. And I'm like, God, you're wanting to speak something to the people. And, and he's still continuously speaking this to me as well. So as we start this new series, The Process, so and, and as we look, baby, you might want to just move your mouse over to the other screen. I know you are. Go to the right. There it goes. Um, uh, so, so as we start as we start this new series, today is part one, and I want to lay a foundation here today. And as we move to our next slide, uh, if it's possible, we're going to talk about this: the process of dying. Because how many of us have seen seeds before, right? You've seen seeds. But did you ever see a seed come straight out of an orange plant and put straight into the ground? What happens, what do you first have to do is you have to let that seed sit, right? So what happens is before what's on the inside can come alive, 
the outside must die first it must dry up now now we think that 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 that's so ironic but let's just think about the process of that of how god orchestrated that and then our bible gives us the same references about dying to self well what is self self is the flesh it's the outside and so so dying to that so we're going to talk about this today and i've got a flagship scripture for you that will be coming from and we'll be coming from psalms chapter 37 verses 23 through 34. some of us have heard this but i want to go into some detail on this today psalms 37 look I, i'm so bad for that i didn't start my timer i picked up a few extra minutes some of you might say no but I'm the pastor and I'm preaching, so I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we're, we're just going to go and we may, we may fall short of that time today. I don't know. We're just going to speak what God lays on my heart here today. So Psalms chapter 37, verse 23 through 35, it reads like this. And it said, the Lord, who's the Lord now? It's God the Father. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Some of us may understand the King James Version. It says that the the uh, the, the order of the steps of a righteous man are ordered, or, or you know, the righteous man's steps are ordered in the Lord. Uh, and it reads the same reference, but, but let's read that again. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Now, who are the godly? The, the godly are those that have forsaken self, that are in the process of forsaking itself. Because how many of us know sometimes it takes a long time to die? You know, I'm just going to use this as an example, and I don't mean it to be ugly, but, you know, every day me and Becky's waiting for Zach to croak, and it's just like, he ain't going nowhere, you know, and I make a joke with Kaylee, because I was like, he ain't dying no time soon because all he wants to do is eat. And that's usually a tall tale sign when somebody's in the process of dying is they quit consuming. So when we're in the process, thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. When we're in the process of dying to self, we would quit consuming the things of this world. And I just I threw that one in there as a free nugget. So and then it continues this and it said he delights in every details of our life. So we saw this back in Jeremiah 29 and 11, right? Back when we talked about uh, the bigger picture, when we did our four part series called the bigger picture. And we talked about putting the pieces of the puzzle together. This message doesn't become no more different other than we just have more scripture to back up the very thing that God has detailed for our life. So Jeremiah 29 and 11 says what? It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, or declares the Lord. They are good and to prosper you. And, and, and that goes on and on, and you can go and read that for yourself. But as we, we read here, it says, and he delights. Now, uh, the, the, the psalmist here wrote, and he said, and he delights in every detail of our life. Well, what does detail mean? That everything is so strategically taking place. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say today that, that the Lord ha had planned for, for my coming to Him and me forsaking Himself through the death of my daughter, but, but God has a way of getting our attention. And we've always had ways of getting people's attention as well, right? It's like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, over here, how you get people's attention? What makes God any different? And I ain't saying God's human, but what I'm saying, the relation, the relation part of that is how does it make it any different when God is seeking our attention? He has ways of saying, hey, over here, get your focus back to where it needs to be. And it continues, and he said, and he delights in every detail of our life. Every facet of our life is so strategically woven. So strategically. And it continues with this. And it says, Though they stumble, they will never fail. For the Lord holds them by the hand. We've all walked our little kids or walked a little kid before and we've watched some stumble before. <laughs> yeah, I've watched my kids do that. You know, Kayla, I can still hold her hand because she ain't but this short. And wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it, it's okay, baby. I, I'm, I'm, I'm making fun with you, not at you. So, and there's nothing wrong with that because she, God made her just the way that she is. She's, she's perfectly made. And 
as well as my daughter Marissa's perfectly made as well. She's just not short, that's all. <laughs> she, she got the heights of the family, I guess. So, so, but, but we've always we've held a kid's hand before and they begin to stumble, but what happens because you hold their hand, well, guess what? They may stumble and they may lose, but guess what happens? They didn't fall all the way down. They didn't fall all the way down. So, so it's in that same reference that when we are walking with God, when we are pursuing God, when we are sacrificing everything for God, then God's not going to let us fall. We may stumble, but we're not going to fall. Let, let me continue here with verse 25 because I, I like this as well. He said, once I was young and now I am old. That, that means that's a process, right? We've all seen kids go from a process of being born to where they have infant milk or, or mother's breast milk or and then they move on to something a little more solid like Kaylee really really liked the wafer cookies and she would she couldn't really eat them but man she gnawed on them and she just had them all over her face and 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 we were you know I I, I, I go back with that because I just I remember her as being a kid because she was our last kid but but then they move on and then they begin to what hey you begin to make them a bowl of cereal and they're sitting at the high chair and then eventually next thing you do they're at the table and then they're beginning to eat their own food by themselves, right and so we can see the process that's taking place here so and and within that process they continue to move on to what they, they move from, from just not just sitting at the table and feeding themselves, but to one day they can feed their own self. They can cook their own food and they become self-sustained. And, uh, and that's a good thing for mom and daddy because we don't always have to cook you food, but uh, I, I enjoy cooking food for my girls and my family. But that's, a, that's the part of that process but we see that that takes some time, right? A process takes time. But the question is, is how long of this process are you going to do it? How many, how, many, how, many, how many kids have you seen at the restaurant? And I'm not talking about mentally disabled. I'm not talking about it. How many kids that were 20-year-old did you see at the restaurant wearing diapers and sitting in their mom's lap still nurse feeding? never seen that right you don't see that why is that because the process says it shouldn't take that long and and when we get to the book of Hebrews uh, you know Hebrews chapter 5 chapter 6 it says that by this time that you should be feeding others you're still in the process of needing to be fed and he said this should not be so I'm just saying ladies and gentlemen there's a point in our life where we get to a point where, where we're no longer doing the things of this world uh, if we are a part of God and it and it is a process so, so let me continue here sometimes I have a problem getting through all of my verses and he said yet I was Want yet I have never seen the golly abandoned or their children begging for bread. You know, this becomes a daily prayer of mine. I say, Lord, as long as I walk in righteousness, as long as I walk in your ways, you're telling me that my kid, I'm, I'm always going to have bread to eat. I'm always going to be supplied for. All of my needs are always going to be met. And guess what? Y'all become the recipient of that as well. Because he said, my children would never, my children would never beg for bread. Neither, in other words, you won't go lacking, and see, and you become a beneficiary of my relationship with God, and and and, and that wants to be that wants to trickle down into your kids one day when you have kids, but but we all we all must get to that point where we are forsaking ourselves. So, so, so I want to give you a little short definition here. I didn't give you a Greek or a Hebrew word today. I uh, figured I'd kind of change things up a little bit. But the word process, the word process is this. It is a series. What's a series? When you watch a series on TV, there's multiple episodes, right? When, when I preach in a series, there's multiple sermons. So it's a series of actions. So it's a group of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end or a goal. So 
cooking. There's a process to cooking. There's a process to cleaning the yard. There's a process to the jobs that we do. There's a process in everything that we do. And so, so you can't sometimes, most oftentimes, you can't skip a step. So if, if you skip a step, well, then guess what? What happens, Mom, if you miss an ingredient? something's missing it, it can throw the whole thing off or not adding enough of this or adding too much of this will, will cause us for, for for that recipe not to come out the way that it was intended to be so I'm gonna touch my notes here for just a moment and it says as we are all familiar with particular things happening in our life we have the understanding that one thing leads to another We've all heard that before, right? One thing leads to another. So every step of every day will bring will either bring us to our goals being achieved or not. So our decisions, our actions will tell us if, if we're going to achieve or if we're not going to achieve. One way or another, we've set a goal. We've all set goals in our life. Who, who, sometimes, unless we're retired. I can only say that because mom's the only one retired here. But unless you're retired, you have a goal. What? To get up, to go to work, and to make the money that you can make, and then to go home and eat and relax for a little bit before you go to bed, and then you get up and you do it again. And your goal is to get through the day. How many times have we said, man, if I could just get to 5 o'clock today? If I could, so what did you do? You set a goal, but in that in that in that goal setting was there was a process. You had to get through every hour. You had to get through every minute. You had to get through every conversation. You had to get through every client. You had there was things that you had to get through, but it was these were obstacles. And if we take our mind back to the woman that had the issue of blood, she said that if I could just touch the hem of his garment, but what did she had to do? She had to she had to bob and weave. She had to go through the crowd so she could get to him. So so all the time we've got to go through to get to to Jesus. We've got to go through things. We've got to go through the sufferings of life. We've got to go through these things just so we can touch Jesus. Just so we can touch Jesus. So every decision we make is effective in this happening. As we will take a journey in the Scriptures and in the Spirit to see how this is applicable for our fellowship with the King. Turn with me to John chapter 12. Aren't you all glad, man, somebody just spent some time and they just put this on there for us. And I just thank you for that, Becky, back there, that you change these slides for us and every week you know she don't even ask me no more James how many slides you got today how many slides you got because y'all know I, 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 I come with a lot of scripture but I told her last night I said baby I said we don't have but five today and she was like yes <laughs> no she really didn't say that but I just I wanted to get a little laugh out of you so so follow me here to John chapter 12 and I want you to see what Jesus has to say about a seed and he says, truly, truly, I say to you, we've talked about this before. Let's just stop. When he says, truly, truly, what does this really emphasize? This is important because they didn't have punctuations. They didn't have exclamation marks. They didn't have commas. They didn't have periods. What, what did they have? When they, wanted, they, when they wanted to bring an emphasis to something, they spoke it twice. They spoke it twice. So when, so now let's just begin to think about how many times we see Jesus repeating these words over and over and over and over and over again in the Word, in our lives, when He's speaking to us, when other people are speaking to us from Him. Listen to this. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you. Who's you? us thank you mom thank you for that he said unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies we saw that right it falls into the earth and it dies it remains alone but here's the good news if it dies it bears much fruit whoever loves his life loses it and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for an eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. 
What is to follow me? If, if I ask somebody to follow me and I just start walking, what does that mean? You walking behind me, you're going everywhere I go, right? If you follow me. So I just want to make sure that we're on the same page for those that are viewing us online. You know, I want this to I want this to become visual for those that are watching, those that are listening, those that are sitting here. He said, He said, if anyone wants to serve me, he must. We get to this word must. Was that a suggestion? No. Was it a recommendation? It's a commandment. It's you must. There's if you want to follow, if you want to serve me, you have to do this. You have to do this. It's like, if you want to get a paycheck, what do you got to do? Work. You got to show up for work. You got to show up for work. I had a guy one time, he said, you know, I wanted a job, but I didn't know it required me having to work. He was being facetious on that, uh, but it, he's just a guy that was all looking for attention. But I mean, I get it. But a lot of people, we've heard the saying, you want something for nothing. You know, and 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 I and I say this because, and it was probably that same, almost that same way when I was growing up, is that we just saw a lot of teenagers. We see a lot of a lot of kids that don't want to work. That you know, I, I can't get no applicants at my job because nobody wants to work. They want to get paid, but they don't want to work. And that's no knock at them. I'm gonna I'm gonna knock their parents on that because the very reason on that is that what have you installed in your kids and that's neither here nor there. My job is to raise my kids and to be the shepherd over the flock that God's entrusted me with, and and that's what I'm gonna do. So let's get back to this verse 26 and let's read it again. It said, "If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, they will." Uh, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the on, the Father will honor them. So, so what is what is the opposite of that? If anyone does not serve me, then the honor the Father will what will not honor them. Will not honor what they're doing. Will not honor their words. Will not honor what they work for in in. I don't want to say work for in life, but the kingdom that they're building is not his own. So if this person is not a part of my team, if, if it, would I begin to reveal to the opponent team, uh, let's just say, I don't know, another football team. If I begin to reveal to them uh, my plan, well, guess what? Then they're going to begin, they're all, their defense is going to work against my offense. And... So, so, so God's not in that position of honoring those that are not honoring Him. So, so here we can see the most perfect example. The most perfect example of what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to each one of us. A process of dying. A process of dying. We've all watched people die before. I mean, we've all had grandparents or great-grandparents or maybe even friends. We've watched them or in the process of maybe even a downward spiral. Or just to the point that they're at the age where you know they're approaching death. So, so we can see the promise of more, but we have to fully understand what dying is. There's more. Why? Why is there more? Because it said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it what? It bears more fruit. So if I just take that seed out of that orange or out of that avocado or, or whatever it is that's producing a fruit, and if I just take it out and I just set it on the table and I never put it in that position of soil or water, then what does it not do? It dies, but it never becomes anything more than that. That's all it will ever be is that. But when we die, oh my word, when we die, when, when that seed dies and then it's then placed into the earth, it can then do what? It can produce more. Because we've all, we've all seen plants grow before. Y'all witnessed me in the garden. We've witnessed granddad or mom in the garden. Well, what happens is even when you plant a plant, it has little babies, right? And, and, and we've given Kaylee some of the babies of some of the plants that we have here to take to her new home as well. And one day, guess what th that plant will do? It will produce its own little babies. Excuse me. 
So, but unless we die, and unless we are placed in a situation, then we're, it, all we're going to ever be is what we are right now. But God's called us to so much more. God's called us to so much more, you know, and what Jesus was talking about here, the context of what Jesus was talking about is I'm just flesh right now. I'm, I'm 100% God, but I'm also 100% man. And unless I die, well, guess what? Nobody can be saved. Nobody can come to the knowledge of God because I must be sacrificed. I have to be that ultimate sacrifice. So what Jesus was saying here, unless I die and unless I'm buried, nobody else can come to the Father. Nobody else can come to the Father. And, and, and that's where we are as well, ladies and gentlemen, unless we die to self, unless we go through this process of dying, We can't have the fullness of what he has. So let me continue here. Here we see the most perfect example. And this is the process of dying. We can see the promises. But you know what dying means? Dying means ceasing to exist. What are we ceasing to exist from? A life of sin. That's the dying. That, that is that dying part. It's, it's the separating yourself from sin. What is sin? Well, Pastor James, I don't, maybe I don't know what sin is. You, let me tell you what First, first John chapter 3 says. It says, all sin is contrary to who God is. So, so sin is the opposite of who God is. So, so if we think about that, that could just be so mind-blowing. That God wants us to separate ourselves from everything that He is not. And it is a process. Don't get me wrong, it, it is a process. But you got to do what? You got to start somewhere, right? You got to start somewhere. So why not start right now? Why not start today? Why not start when you wake up every morning because it's a process? Die to it. Let me continue here. It says, dying is also letting go. It's letting go. What are we letting go of? Our own ambitions. We've all, we all have dreams, right? We all have goals. You know, five years ago, I still had a dream of I wanted to be a professional land surveyor. I, I still practice land surveying by trade, but I still wanted to be a licensed surveyor. Not that I could have my own company, but just because it's what I've worked my whole trade career and working through that I've been doing this for 20 some years. But you know what the reality is? Is when I fully gave myself to God, I lost my dream of wanting to be there. And my dream now became what He called me to be. You know how hard I fought against this? Against starting a church, against preaching. Oh Lord, God, everybody's just gonna remember all the bad things that I've done. They're just gonna remember how many times I would just be drunk laying out there in the front yard at night. That they would remember all the times I'm riding around on a golf cart at two or three o'clock in the morning, taking their furniture off of their front porch and putting it on somebody else's. I, I mean, all these things, people will have a tendency to remember and, and, and I fought against all these things that God people are just they're gonna but but you know what that person's dead now that me is no longer alive you know we went last night and we we went and watched a movie and I'm gonna promote it a little bit the blind about Phil Robertson and, and it didn't talk about the dynasty that they built because it was never about them being millionaires it came down to the fact is that he had to die to self. And, and, and they portrayed that so well in the movie. And no, I did not get my message from that. God just happened to have already given me this message. And we just happened to go see the movie last night. And, but the way that, that they portrayed it is, is, is that Phil Robinson did not like the path that he was going because it separated his wife and his kids. And he, was, he had become a mad person. And the reality is that the pastor looked at him and he said, you know, feels like, what, what do I have to do? And you know what the pastor told him? You've got to die. 
you got to die. And dying is hard. You know what dying also is? Dying is lonely. Dying is being lonely. You know, and, and through these years, I've lost a lot of friends. I've lost a lot of companions. I've lost a lot of people that I could call on, that I could count on. But through this whole process for me, God has taught me that all I got to do is rely on Him. And He's provided everything that I've needed. Even this tooth that I'm missing right now, I mean, I can laugh about it a little bit because it's gone, but I went for surgery this week to have the stem put in there so that I can get a tooth implant put in. And that is a process within itself because the process that's taking place here is now that it's in, now the bone has to heal around it so that it can become steady and be able to support a tooth and to be able to support being able to eat uh, some of the foods that I like to eat again. But I don't know if I'll ever eat beef ribs again because that's what broke my tooth. Even though I got some on the smoker right now cooking for my wife. But dying is also, is losing all that we possess. Well, that ain't hard. I don't have a lot of stuff. But you know what? It's not always the physical things. Some of us have a lot of pride. Some of us have a lot of ego. Some of us have a, a, a lot of uh, 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 bitterness. Some of us have a lot of unforgiveness. Some of us had, I wish things would have went this way and now they went this way. Uh, some, some of us have, the world is against me. Some of us have that, is that God's never there when I pray. There's so many things that we have that we need to lose. And there's so many things that the world has to offer us that we must lose. You remember, you remember the Holy Spirit spoke while we were sitting here in prayer at, kind of during our instrumental and it said, what would a man profit if he gains the whole world but he loses his soul? What is it that we possess? The question, the answer to that is everything that the world has to offer is what we possess. Is that what we must be willing to give up. So follow me here. It says, dying is the opposite of living. Dying is the opposite of living. So to be alive in Christ, we must be dead to self. We must be dead to self. And this is a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? That's tough. That's a tough saying. But you know what? He said, unless the seed, what did he say in John? He said, unless the seed is placed in the earth and it dies, it cannot produce fruit. That's just point blank and simple. That's elementary as far as I'm concerned. But elementary sometimes is so hard for people to grasp. But you know what? You can't do multiplication unless you know how to do what? Adding. You can't do division if you don't know how to do subtracting. You can't do geometry if you don't know uh, some algebra. You, you can't do trigonometry if you don't know geometry. Yeah, we can't do physics if we don't know chemistry. So, so what I'm saying here is there's a process. There's a process to everything that we must do. So dying sounds easy, but, it, but it's not. Uh, let me get back to this. It says dying sounds easy, but allowing it to happen is opposite of what our flesh wants to do. This is symbolic to the battle of the flesh and the spirit. Read with me in Galatians chapter 5. Don't worry about the dog upstairs. He's just, he's seen now already. So Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 and 17. It reads like this. It says, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. That sound, that's if you do what God wants you to do, you're not going to do what the world has to offer for you to do. If you're busy with doing what God has called you to do, then what the world has to offer you don't look good. Because that's like pennies on the dollars, if you, if you get what I'm saying. The sinful, it's verse 17, it says, The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. 
our spirit, the spirit that God's placed inside of us, the spirit that God wants us to have, is the opposite of what our flesh wants to do. Because when because when we're born, when we're born, guess what we're born into? Sin. We're born into sin. So, and that's what Pastor Joseph was talking about last week, is that because of our sinful nature, we have already been condemned. We have already been judged, and our judgment is hell. Our judgment is eternal separation from God's presence, eternal separation from His love. It's eternal separation of ever knowing who He is and who He wants us to know He is. We will never have that opportunity. We will never, ever have that opportunity to ever be loved again. Could we imagine that? Could we imagine that? An opportunity to never be loved again. But you know what? So many people are choosing it every single day over the love of God. How could we neglect such an ultimate sacrifice that He gave and then we reject it? Let me give you an example. You come over and come over to my house and man I've cooked I have been cooking for nine or ten hours straight I've been cooking for nine or ten hours straight and there's food everywhere all of the best food that you could ever eat and I ain't talking about just my cooking but I'm just talking about cooking in general and you walk in here and you look at it that looks good that looks good that looks good you know what? I would just rather be hungry. And then you just walk out and you leave. And, and God has paid such an ultimate sacrifice, but yet we reject what He has to offer us. You know, I heard somebody say one time, how could such a loving God send somebody to hell? Well, the, the real answer to that is that we were already on our way to hell. What He does is just saves us from hell. And it ain't about the hell of being fire and flames and skin falling off of our body. See, because our flesh can die, but guess what? Our spirit man lives forever. And that's what's going to be tormented. And we don't understand it because we've not come in grasp to what our spirit is. We're too focused and, and thought. Our thought process is on our flesh and pleasing our flesh. But you know what? How, how many of us seen an old person with a tattoo before that they got when they were real young? Oh, man, it looks really bad. It, it don't. It don't carry the finesse that it had when they first got it. And you know, mine aren't there yet. That's, I guess that's why I waited till I was a little bit older. But but the reality is 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 it's not always what it's cracked up to be. And it it's, it will never. The grass will never be greener on the other side away from God. Let me continue here. Our flesh and our spirit are in a constant battle. They're always fighting with each other. Our flesh doesn't mind the compromise. Who knows what a compromise is? Yeah, a mutual agreement. I'll do this if you if you let me do this. You can do this. You, you it's okay. We'll 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 compromise. We'll meet in the middle, right? Our flesh don't mind the compromise, but our spirit cannot survive the compromise. Hear me on that. Our flesh don't mind the compromise. But the Spirit cannot survive the compromise. Only one's going to win. Only one can be triumphant. And the one you feed the most is going to be the victor. Imagine this. You got two, you got two big dogs on a chain. One of them you feed three times a day. The other one you might feed once a week. And after, after a month... You turn them loose and they want to fight, well, who's going to be the one that wins? I guess. Who thinks going to win? The one you feed the most. The one you feed the most because you've done what? He's been able to bulk up. He's become strong. He's healthy. He's ready for the battle. But the one that's not eating, the one that's not eating on the Word of God, the one that's not placed herself to be fed by God is going to lose the battle every single time. Every single time. Every single time. 
coming to a close here. First Peter. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Here's what Peter had to say. Here's Peter's experience. Here was Peter's influence of what the Holy Spirit was speaking. It said, He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. So that what? So that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. What's the opposite of right? Wrong. Wrong. But you know what? You know what's even scarier than that? The opposite of right is what's almost right. Didn't we see that with the young rich ruler this morning when we talked about him? He was morally good. He was a morally good person, but guess what? He said he lacked one thing. You see, he was almost right. But he still lacked. He lacked the most important ingredient. You know, I couldn't imagine my mom trying to make biscuits without buttermilk. Such an important ingredient. And when we miss the main important ingredient, is what we have is not the fullness of what we were looking for. It was never the fullness of the intention. By His wounds, you are healed. Our dying to sin becomes possible. Why? Because He died first. So what did He do? So when He said, follow me, when you're following somebody, what are you doing? You're following their example, right? You're following their example. And we've all had people in life that we follow. You know, let's just be real. You know, me as a kid, I followed my dad a lot. I followed a lot of his example. You know, and my dad, when I got married, my dad came to me and he's like, son, I wasn't always right. I didn't always make the right decisions. You know, and what do I do? I sit down with my girls and what do I tell them? Daddy wasn't always right. Daddy didn't always make the right decisions, but I made a decision based off of what I know. But the reality is, is that if I don't know, then I don't know. If I don't know, where do you get knowledge from? Man, it's from the fear of the Lord. It's reading His Word. And it's getting in His Word and getting to know Him, to follow His example, and knowing that He died so, so what did he do? He said, if you want to serve me, then you must follow me. So what was he exemplifying here? You got to follow me to the grave. You got to die as well so that you can do what? As we read in John chapter 12, it was so that we can produce more fruit. There's lives. There's lives that are in the balance right now. There's lives that you can reach. I can't reach. There's people you know that I don't know. There's people you know that I don't know. And I can't reach them if I don't know them. But you know what? You know them. And you've been placed in their life for a reason. You've been placed in my life for a reason. And I can't reach everybody. And you can't reach everybody. But you can reach people that I can't reach. But if you're not in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, then what are you reaching them with? You're reaching them with what the world has to offer. And what the world has to offer is the opposite of who God is. He showed us the most excellent example of dying. You know, even when he stood there before the religious council, the religious people, he, he was judged by the religious people. And what did they do was they condemned him to death. They said things about him that wasn't true. But yet, Jesus never spoke a word. He, he, never, he never tried to defend himself. Have, have we ever seen anybody like that before? Because usually what's the first thing happens when somebody starts throwing accusations at you? What do you begin to do? Let's just be honest. We defend ourselves. We become defensive. So you know what that tells me? An offended person becomes a defensive person. Uh, an offended person becomes an offensive person a de or a defensive person. If I said that right, long story short, short story long. So you may ask me, Pastor, I live a godly life. Didn't we talk about that this morning? A morally good life? My life exemplifies the fear of God. My walk is obedient 
But the message today is, are you continuing to die? Are you continuing to die? Are we continuing to die to self? What was it I said that we were dying to earlier? Dying is ceasing to exist. Haven't we talked about this before? A dead person in a casket. Did they ever sit up and say, hey, I don't like the clothes that you put on me. I don't like this dress. You know this ain't my favorite color. I don't like the way you parted my hair. In my case, it might be, I don't like the way you combed my beard. Uh, whatever it may be, we've not seen a dead person laying up out of the casket. I don't like this. Why? Why do we not? Because they're dead. They're dead. So when the world comes against us, we can't, we can't be worried about what they have to say. We can't worry how they feel. We can't worry that they remember me five and six years ago being the drunkard laying in the front or, or doing the things in the neighborhood or just doing things in general that I shouldn't be doing. Why? Because that person's dead now. And because that person's dead, because I'm dead to who that was, it doesn't matter what you throw at me no more. It doesn't, when we come to Christ, it doesn't matter what our past is. Because when we look at Paul, who knows Paul? The Apostle Paul. He, he wrote 13 chapters of the New Testament. So Paul had a lot to say through the Holy Spirit. And you know who Paul was? Paul was a murderer of Christians. He killed Stephen. He had Stephen stoned to death. But you know what Paul said? He said, I forget those things which are behind me. What is that? Who I used to be. I forget who I used to be. And I want to be who God's called me to be. So when, so when we quit walking this way and we're walking this way, what happens? We're not walking that way no more. How many of us have drove down I-40 in reverse at 70 miles an hour? Why not? You're going to wreck. If we're constantly trying to do things backwards, when we try to get in the car going forward but looking back, well, guess what's going to happen again? You're going to wreck. And you're not going to get to your destination. Your trip's going to be very short. But the reality is, is you're just checking your mirrors not to remember the past, but to keep you from your past. Try to watch what's coming up behind you. So my challenge for you today is to die, to die to yourself. Let me pray with you here today. If we can just make this personal for each one here. We're not caught, nobody's being called out. If anybody's being called out, it's myself today. But maybe we would say, I don't really know the Lord is my Savior. Maybe, maybe I would say, just like I've said, and I continue to say, I'm tired of who I am. I'm tired of who I used to be. There's so much more. And I want to be what God's called me to be. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're viewing us online. Maybe you're listening to us via podcast. You see, you know, what we, you know what we did this morning when we started? Was we asked the Holy Spirit to come and to be a part of this service. And as we read in the book of John, what was one of the things that the Holy Spirit does? Is it brings conviction of sin. Excuse me. So what the Holy Spirit's doing right now is He's doing what He was created for. He's doing what He is meant to do. He's doing what He's purposed for. But He'll be a gentleman and He'll never make you do anything you don't want to do. You might say, well, Pastor, is there some kind of prayer that I can pray? Is there something that I can say that, that can cause me to begin to drive forward? Is there something that I can do that will cause me to die? It's not a magical prayer that we pray. It's not some type of potion that we mix up and that we drink. It's just simply to mean to repent. And what does repent mean? Repent in the Greek is metania. And it means to have a change of heart. Okay, okay, right now I'm having a change of heart. 
The second part of that definition is to, that is manifested by the way that I live. So he's just simply to say, Lord, I'm so sorry of the life that I've lived outside of you. I'm so sorry that I've done life my way. I'm so sorry that everything that I've done has been contrary to you. And it's exactly what repent is. And then the next part about that is just is to follow Him. But what is to follow Him? To follow His example. To follow Him to the grave and to die. And that's the first part of this process, ladies and gentlemen, is to die to self. To die to the ways of the world. Is it going to be easy? It sounds easy. But it's hard. You know why it's hard? Because that means you're no longer in control. But when you have a made up mind, we've all had a made up mind before. And when we set our mind to something, we set out to accomplish it. Have you made up your mind today that you want to serve the Lord? Have you made up your mind that you are tired of life your way? Because if you're not tired of life your way, then you're just going to go right back to it. It's only a decision that you can make. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You today, Lord, that You've blessed us. Lord, You've blessed us with Your love. You've blessed us with Your mercy and Your kindness. Lord, You've blessed us with another opportunity, Lord, that we can come into Your presence. Lord, that we can feel Your presence, that we can hear what You have to say to us. Lord, I pray that You would go with us today, that You would keep us reminded, Father, Lord, Lord, that we must die, that we must continue to die, Lord, that all through this process, it's got to be dying. Lord, as we part ways, Lord, here today, Lord, keep us safe. Bring us back as You desire, Lord. Let us go forth and to be salt and light, Lord, to a wicked and a perverse world. Lord, we thank You. We praise You. And I challenge those that may be here or viewing us online, if you've made that decision today to repent, if you've made that decision, it's not so much important that you tell me, but let someone know. Let someone know so that they can pray for you, that they can begin to disciple you and lead you into the direction that you should be going. We just thank You. We praise You. Even those that are viewing us online, those that are here, we are still taking up tithe and offering. I'll leave a link in the description below for those that are here. I have a chip reader. I have a card reader. And Give us, Lord, as, as the Lord places upon your heart. Give as the Word has commanded us. We thank You and we love You all. In Jesus' name, Amen.